Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Joining me, as always, is uh, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? I am doing excellent, and I got to say, I'm stoked about the guest coming on today. Can you tell us who we've got? Well, we have Kevin Lonergan from TELUS, and uh, uh, Kevin is going to be discussing TELUS's new Canadian ransomware study, which they are going to to be releasing on March 10th. Uh, should be a very interesting conversation, a lot of interesting analysis, especially with everything around ransomware and small mid-sized businesses. So uh, buckle up, I'm sure this will be a very interesting conversation. Yeah, let's bring him on. TELUS has been partnering with Canadian organizations to support their cybersecurity needs for over 20 years. As a cybersecurity leader and national telecommunications service provider, TELUS is well positioned in the industry to offer a unique perspective on the security threats and trends that businesses face today. TELUS, cybersecurity that works for you. We would like to thank TELUS for being an amazing sponsor of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Kevin, thank you so much for joining us today on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. How are you doing today? Oh, very well, thank you. Yourself? Well, we're doing, doing good. We're doing well. Doing well. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Very rarely do the guests ask us, so thank you for <laughs> for that uh, politeness. Very uh, Canadian of you. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, maybe we could get to know you a bit better. Tell tell our listeners and viewers a little bit more about yourself and what your role at Telus is. Yeah, sure. So I'm a senior strategy manager at Telus, um, and as the title uh, kind of gives it away, I focus on our strategy. Um, you know, I've been at Telus for a few years now. Before that, uh, I was actually an industry analyst here in Canada. Uh, researching the cybersecurity market. So, um, you know, having the opportunity to work on uh, the new TELUS uh, Canadian ransomware study was fantastic. I got to go back to my roots and really dive into a lot of really interesting data. So it's been a it's been a great uh, experience for me so far. Well, that's fantastic. You know, and you mentioned you know the uh, uh, TELUS's Canadian ransomware study, and we know that's that's coming out on on March 10th, and we we're uh, very interested to, to to learn a bit more about what you've seen in terms of uh, you know the facts, things that you've gathered in, in creating this study. Um, wondering if you can maybe start off telling us about sort of what level of prevalence there is with ransomware um, within Canadian organizations, or what what does that uh, situation currently look like? I guess that one of the greatest things about this 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 uh, study is is that the the facts and the and the results that I share with you are based off of a survey we ran of over 450 different Canadian organizations. So we really have a great pulse on how Canadian organizations are dealing with ransomware, how they're being affected. We have a, a, a sample that goes down to businesses as small as 50 organizations, all the way up to our largest institutions in Canada. So a thousand or more employees. And uh, of course we have vertical views and uh, regional views as well. So um, yeah, I think uh, I think with, with, with the distribution we have, we have a great view uh, into what's going on. Um, you know, getting back to your question, um, unfortunately, we are, you know, we're fighting a, a pretty uh, uh, strong battle against ransomware, but, um, you know, we're having our issues with it. So um, two of the big stats we like to share just to give a frame of reference about how we're doing is, is that uh, out of our survey respondents, about 83% uh, indicated that they had experienced ransomware attacks in the past year. So over four to five Canadian organizations are actively being attacked. Now, unfortunately, again, um, you know, that's just an attack, but 67% indicated 
that they had been infected with ransomware. So they had experienced a ransomware incident. So again, that's a very high number. Um, I think we should maybe provide some more context around that, right? So having a ransomware infection, that can be a single endpoint. It can be a PC, a laptop. Um, they could have maybe 10 or 20 or you know, X many different uh, devices or servers being infected, but not necessarily every one of them is going to be, you know, making the news, right? Like there's obviously included in here are those large scale ransomware uh, attacks that you see, but there's also a lot of smaller ones as well. But the idea is, is that it's every business size, it's every vertical uh, across Canada that's being uh, unfortunately negatively affected by these uh, ransomware incidents. In, in, in terms of tactics, um, in terms of how ransomware is both being launched and I guess once sort of a ransomware takes a hold, um, what, what type of tactics have you seen evolve over, over this past year? Yeah, that's a good question, right? So if, if 67% of organizations are having these incidents, it begs the question, why is that, right? And so something must be happening or something must be changing over time. And so, you know, there's a couple of things that, that happen. One is, is that, um, <clears throat> well, I guess the one thing is, is that it's just a very profitable crime and it's very hard to get caught. So there's, it's, it's very lucrative and people are drawn towards it. We're seeing things like exploit kits being developed so that even if you aren't, you know, a cybersecurity expert, you can go on the dark web, download these and, and you can, uh, you know, exploit uh, uh, these, these organizations around the world, including Canada. Um, we also see uh, the rise of ransomware as a service is becoming a business model. So that's one aspect of it. You know, as you mentioned, uh, sort of on the, the changing tactics side, I think we're seeing two things. Um, uh, first, maybe I'll back up and talk about delivery mechanisms. So that's changing over time. When we think about ransomware, you know, I think about historically email, right? So they're going to email you a malicious link or uh, they're going to put in a malicious attachment. You're going to click on that and you're going to have um, that ransomware package delivered on your endpoint. Um, that's still a, a top way of being infected, but that's actually been surpassed by just uh, misconfigs. So misconfigured devices on the network. Uh, so if you think about, especially over the last couple of years, the sheer amount of technology that we've deployed to support things like remote work, Right, we have more devices. We've uh, increased our adoption of cloud across public cloud as well as SaaS. We just have a much larger attack surface that provides our attack services rather that provides more opportunities for these uh, malicious actors to find things like misconfigs. Uh, and the third thing I wanted to bring up was uh, the third way that they're delivering their, their ransomware packages uh, is through known vulnerabilities. So we're just we still uh, are not very good at patching our systems despite a patch being available. Um, and we'll talk about it a little bit later too, but there's this idea that if you have a formalized vulnerability management program, you're much less susceptible to ransomware incidents. Uh, but only about 50% of organizations have that formalized today. So there's a lot of simple things we can do to improve our cybersecurity posture. Um, and I know it's a long-winded answer, but one more thing I wanted to touch on too, um, on the tactics side, one of the big changes we've seen is this idea around multiple extortion. So traditionally with a ransomware attack, uh, what they'll try to do is they'll try to infiltrate your network, they'll um, uh, encrypt some of your data and then sell you the decryption key so you can get access. So they're still doing that, but they're adding another layer as well. They're actually exfiltrating your data too. So now they have their own copy. So now they have a couple of different levers that they can use to uh, extort you into paying uh, you know, as high as ransom as possible. So that's a big shift in the market. Um, we also see reinfection after recovery. 
So you pay the ransom or you have great backups and you can just uh, return to a trusted state or what have you, or at least uh, return to a state where you think you're in a trusted state. And uh, unfortunately, 15% of organizations get hit with the same ransomware from the same malicious actor again. And so what's happening here is if you don't go back and fix those vulnerabilities that they used to get in in the first time or those misconfigs, or you have a backup that, you know, doesn't completely back up your system and you have things like backdoors, they're just going to reinfect you again. Um, and the final piece, you know, we talk about endpoint email a lot. We're seeing this movement uh, you know, endpoints still, of course, the most popular way of, of getting into our networks, but they're also starting to uh, target the cloud more often. And in fact, 25% of the most uh, damaging ransomware attacks now include cloud environments too. Kevin, this is just really, really interesting. And I'm, I'm looking forward to, to uh, seeing the, the study in, in greater depth. I feel like you're already giving us an excellent version. I feel like I don't need to read it now. But uh, um, in, in uh, one more, you know, question that I just sort of perked in my head as you were talking there. Um, with ransomware, obviously, comes the notion of whether or not to pay the ransom. What have you seen in terms of Canadian organizations? And maybe it's different by sector, uh, but are organizations paying ransom more often than not? Well, what, what's sort of the current breakdown? Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a great question. So the the question as to whether to pay the ransom or not you know it's not one that i can i can answer for an organization every situation is unique and there really is sort of this this moral you know dilemma that organizations find themselves into as well so at the you know at the end of the day you want to keep your customers information safe and so usually by paying the ransom that's probably the best way to do that, right? If they have a copy of your data, if they have access to PII, things like that, by paying, that might be the best way to protect your customers, your partners, uh, your own employees. Now, at the same time, if you pay, you could possibly be funding criminal or terrorist organizations that are going to go use that money to target some of your other you know, peers or other organizations in the Canadian market. So it's always you know, a, a tough decision to make. Now, what I can tell you is, is that the majority of organizations that have, sorry, the majority of organizations that have a ransomware incident, they do pay. Um, unfortunately, though, if you do pay that ransom, you're not necessarily guaranteed a positive outcome. And so what I mean by that is, is that uh, of the ones who paid, only about 42% had their data fully restored, right? So that's a pretty low number. Another 50%, 49, 50, 50% had data partially restored. So there might be some that was missing or some that was still encrypted or corrupted. Something was wrong. They didn't get everything back they had before. And then there was another around 8% that paid. Uh, and then the, the, uh, you know, the, the uh, group asked for more money after that. You know, if you can pay once, hey, maybe I didn't ask for enough. So the outcomes aren't great. And the next question we get quite a bit is, you know, I've been asked for this much ransom. Uh, we've asked for this much of a ransom payment. Should I like try to negotiate with with these individuals? And so again, you know, negotiating you can have a uh, you can have a reduced ransomware uh, payment. But what we do see, just looking at our different groupings, is that on average, if you negotiate ransomware, there your, your chances of having that fully positive outcome is reduced by about twenty percent. And so. We don't provide, you know, we don't we don't dive into why that is. You can probably think of, of many reasons why. Maybe you've, you know, made them angry or what have you. Maybe people who um, who want to negotiate it's because the the price is so high because they have very valuable information. But um, these are all points that 
you know, hopefully by the by doing this study, it can help Canadian organizations at least know the risks with respect to paying ransom. That is a crazy scenario that you're laying out there. Very insightful, uh, even though you don't go into that kind of detail as to why. Still very, very nuanced and a lot of lot of uh, items for us to think about there. It's a it's a nasty situation. Uh, I could I could think of few worse situations to be in as a you know public sector organization or as a as a small or medium sized business is to have your your data your customers data and your information systems being held hostage and then further uh, extortion uh, dynamics in that. Can you talk a little bit more about the negative uh, effects of ransomware on an organization in terms of you know the the financial costs? What are what are the amounts that that criminals are asking for? What are they paying? And um, the negative effects on the future of the organizations themselves? Yeah, yeah, it's a great it's a great uh, question. And um, you know, we we have numbers around the the average cost of a ransomware. Uh, sorry, what what the average ransomware payment is? And there's a lot of these figures floating around for us. It was around 140k. Now that will vary greatly depending on organization size and, and vertical. Mainly to me, I think what it probably depends the most on is what type of information they were able to get their hands on. You know, if it's PII, if it's IP, they're going to ask for a lot more than, you know, if it's, it's more uh, less sensitive information. Um, so that's just the cost of, of the ransom itself. Uh, we asked another question, a follow-up, and we asked, uh, what do you think the total cost of you know, recovering from and getting back to business as normal after the ransomware incident. And so they said that, you know, the ransomware payment itself was probably about 16% of the total cost, right? Uh, Similar in cost was things like the downtime, uh, the mitigation and recovery costs, so things like legal or using professional services or using MSSP, things like that. Um, you know, some had to pay fines, but really, if 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 in general the the ransomware payment was only 16% of the total cost, uh, by doing some quick math, you can see that the the incident itself uh, can easily hit over a million dollars on average. Now, those are what I guess we could call hard costs. Uh, of costs that are directly associated with response and recovery and things like that. But what we found, uh, and I think uh, you know, we coined it pretty well in the paper, is that the real cost can be your organization's future. Because if you think about that, uh, if the average is a million for some organizations, it's much more, obviously less for some too, but these are dollars that you didn't budget for. Right? You don't have a million dollars laying around to, to go uh, and pay for ransomware incidents. So what you're doing is you're, you're taking from other parts of the business. So what we found is, is that uh, organizations uh, indicated that they were delaying or canceling other IT projects. They were delaying or canceling investments in the business. Um, they were, um, you know, basically taking away from their, their future spending that keeps them competitive in the market. Um, so it's really you fall behind on things like digital transformation and uh, you, you lose your competitive edge in the market because of these uh, investments that you have to cancel. Super, super insightful. So the, obviously this, you know, we've talked about numbers in the millions before and uh, the audiences tend to be skeptical about that. But this is actually hard data of actual businesses that are experiencing ransomware. What can they do um, to protect themselves? What are some best practices that you could recommend to reduce the likelihood of this happening or reduce the impact if it does happen? Yeah, no, that's a good question, too. I mean, um, 
we've all heard the idea that the perimeter is basically dead. Uh, we really have to focus on a multi-layered defense type of, of strategy and, and plan. So we started off by talking about vulnerabilities and how um, you know um, known vulnerabilities is one of the main ways that they deliver ransomware today is by exploiting those. We need to have formal vulnerability management programs. And we talked about this before, but um, yeah, in our study, we found that 63% of organizations that had a comprehensive vulnerability management program did not fall victim to a successful cyber attack. So just by doing that, having that visibility, understanding you know, which devices are out of date, need patching, um, <clears throat> by doing that initial step, you reduce your risk of being a ransomware victim significantly. Uh, the next up is sort of this multi-layered uh, approach we're talking about. So cybersecurity controls. So email filtering, you know, email is still one of the prominent ways that uh, organizations are infected today. If you're going to talk about email filtering, you know, you need to talk about security awareness training because even the best email filter is going to miss something. You need to have uh, your employees who are educated and can, you know, uh, understand what a, what a phishing email looks like and are uh, ready to uh, take the appropriate actions there. Um, you know, endpoint protection, pretty simple, but again, having some sort of sort of next generation endpoint protection platform is key. Uh, endpoints are still one of the, the main targets for ransomware today. Um, and then finally, in terms of, I guess, uh, controls would be around 24 by 7 monitoring and response. So MDR is, uh, is one of the tools that makes, uh, or is, gets a lot of buzz today. It actually, you know, it, it, it's warranted because it was one of the top uh, tools that was found in our study to actually detect ransomware on the network. So it's there and it works. We need to have that 24 by seven ability to uh, monitor and respond. Um, we also suggest uh, some sort of threat intelligence monitoring service, right? So when you have a cybersecurity, so whenever whenever there's um, credentials that are leaked on the, on the dark web or what have you, it's, it's really helpful to understand um, you know, what's available to the malicious actors out there. If your emails or passwords have been hacked, then you uh, sort of have that preemptive ability to prepare for an attack. So just having that increased invis uh, visibility through threat intelligence is great. Um, and then the last piece is around creating, well, hopefully just reviewing your incident response plans, but if you don't have one, uh, you'll need to create one as well. So um, if 67% of organizations are having incidents, this means that uh, you know the majority of them have had to go through this incident response process. And so knowing uh, your playbooks, who to contact, what technologies have available to you, maybe you have incident response retainers, things like that, knowing what to do is key before that you know, incident on one laptop or PC uh, can you know, percolate across your network and uh, be a major issue for your organization. Kevin, we really, really appreciate you uh, walking us and our listeners and viewers through the uh, uh, Telus Canadian ransomware study. You know, I think this is the the, the highlights, or I guess lowlights, depending on your point of view of what you've outlined here. Have just been incredibly insightful. Uh, we're really looking forward to to seeing the report in in greater depth as well when it comes out on on March 10th. But thank you again very, very much for taking time out of your day to to walk us through the report. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me on the show. Amazing, uh, Chris and I will be right back to wrap up today's episode. Well, Kevin definitely upheld his end, end of the bargain. That was an incredibly insightful conversation, um, you know, based on what TELUS had learned from the uh, from their study. Um, I'm, I was just really, really blown away by some of the insight there that, that Kevin shared. Um, what was one of the things that caught, caught your mind? Yeah, I just think, you know, the extent of the, the damage that 
the ransomware can cause. You know, it's the answer to the question right now, the hot answer to the question of why does cybersecurity matter? Uh, he really did a good job of laying that out as well as, you know, what can you do about it? It matters. Uh, actual Canadian companies are getting hit. Uh, it's costing them a lot of money uh, beyond just the ransomware payments, the inconvenience and the, all the other hard costs uh, as well, and also damage to the reputation. Absolutely. And to me, I mean, how can you not listen to him, especially if you're a small, mid-sized business owner, executive, um, listen, listen to that and not think that ransomware is not something to worry about. <laughs> like uh, uh, he laid out just just some really, really um, powerful statements there, and based on what they're seeing, what their customers are experiencing, um, you know, I think it was very, very uh, powerful. We, we definitely want to uh, thank Kevin and thank Telus for um, bringing him on onto the show. Um, we are also going to make sure that on our post that a, a link to the full. Stuff Study, um, that uh, tell us released on March 10th. Uh, we make sure that that full link is uh, on our various social media posts. So do if you have the time, do check that out and, and, and read the, uh, further into that. Um, again, special thanks to Kevin and tell us for today's episode, and as well as a special thanks to our loyal listeners and viewers for joining us each and every week. If you did miss a previous episode, do check out them at the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page or on your favorite podcasting platform. Uh, until next time, be well and be safe, and we'll see you again on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. 